When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Julio, we are back! Sorry for the layoff, folks. Julio was on vacation, and then Chris was on vacation. So that's just kind of how it goes. Um, I don't think we missed too much. If not, we're going to cover it. But we wanted to make sure that we were back the week before the um, reverse boycott. So we'll talk about that today. Oh, yeah. But welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast. I'm Chris. With me, as always, is Julio. What up? At Town Tailgate on Twitter. We are part of the Fan First Podcast Network. Oakland A's baseball hasn't been pretty, but there have been some brighter spots as of late, Julio. Yeah, we. It's not only have we had a competitive series with Pittsburgh, where we won the series, and even yeah. in the world of former Oakland greats, um, Liam Hendricks is back pitching. We, this was we were planning on recording yeah. last week. We weren't able to, um, but we just wanted to give a shout at the top of the pod. Welcome back to the Bigs, baby. He struck out cancer, and he got his first save of the season yesterday against the Yankees. So just thank you even more for that, Liam. We always appreciate it. Do you think? Do you think? He, just real quick, we don't have to talk, spend too much time on it. But do you think he's a trade candidate at the deadline, along with the other guys? Yes. Yeah. That ooh, that's gonna be fun I mean, when we record that. Regardless, if you've been out of baseball, and he's been only out of baseball really for a calendar year, he started pitching the beginning of last year, right? No, he's well. He was there all last year, but he got his. Cancer diagnosis. I thought he got the cancer at, like during the summer. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was like at the end of the year. So like he, okay. see, I'll check real quick while we. He's still Liam Hendricks, so he's never really been reliant on like like you know necessarily uh, like velocity. Oh, January, it's, January of the year this year. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he got his first save. I guess we won't know. We need a larger body of work to see how his body has accustomed to. His new body, I guess you could yeah. say, as a pitcher. But I'm, I'm sure he's still going to be, you know, elite status. He was that fucking good before. And, like, but, he, yeah. he missed all of spring training. Like, I don't think there's really an expectation for him to come out and yeah, really light it up because it's like he missed so much time. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the big three. There's been some news the past couple weeks since um, – we last talked to you. The first um, item on the agenda, the Padres have lost their local television network. Bally Sports, a.k.a. the Diamond Group, I think is the name of the company, has dropped the San Diego Padres um, as their local network. Now the Padres currently uh, are running completely through MLB Network. I'm not sure about the local logistics, what network they're on. But um, I watch them every day on MLB.tv, and they are – or MLB – the MLB app and um, uh, 
be network has been broadcasting all their games and and all that stuff um i mean this is just a fucking bullshit move by diamond sports i get it in terms of business for the folks out there you probably if you saw this headline you probably read it and you were like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense does that mean that all these other local networks like are is arizona gonna lose the the diamondbacks is blah 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 blah. or i mean you know all these other because bally sports owns as the local network for a bunch of places in the country the reason why san diego i've kind of like figured out on my own this isn't i didn't read this anywhere the reason why san diego was probably the first apple to drop is because they are the only team in that market that bally sports broadcasts for so it's the most logical it it doesn't make any sense business wise for them to keep you know a studio down there you know um keep the rights down there all that stuff for literally just one team in that market you go anywhere else across the country you go to i'm blanking on other let's say cincinnati um Cincinnati, you know, you, you, well, not a good example either. Sorry. Cincinnati wasn't really a good example. Um, um, I mean, they have football, so they do like, uh, like that, Dallas, like, Dallas, because the Rangers will do Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is a good one. You have the, you have the stars, you have the Rangers, you have, um, the Mavericks. So they're not going to close up shop in Dallas, San Diego. They are going to do that. There's literally only one team. There's literally only one market. It's too expensive to maintain that down there. It, it maybe and because of MLB television rights, they can't outsource it to Los Angeles Ballet Sports Network, which does uh, the Ducks and um, and the Clippers. Um, so they just had to drop them, and it sucks. But in my opinion, Julio, and you can touch on all that stuff first. But I think this is the big one. I think this is good for. MLB television rights because it's forcing the Padres to move their broadcast kind of towards a more of an online streaming effort to where it might be the first like domino to fall for getting rid of all these blackout restrictions that the MLB has on their television rights. You took the words out of my mouth. First domino to fall. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to say they also have angels games, but I don't know if it's like a separate they channel. Don't. Or like well, they, the angel because it's on the same the, app. They, I know that. What do you mean? Because like I have the Bally Sports app because I have a cable login but, for it. But there's Bally Sports Los Angeles and there's Bally Sports San mm. Diego. Got it. So Bally Sports Los Angeles is the Angels, the Ducks, and the Clippers. But they but you know you can't watch Padres games in LA if you have Bally Sports SoCal. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So they are one of fourteen teams, by the way who fall under Bally Sports. Some of the others include yeah. Cleveland. It's a lot. Yeah. Because uh, what they did what they did was when when uh, when Fox sold to Disney, Disney didn't want, though Disney and News Corp didn't want those rights for these local like t- uh, sports networks. So Diamond Sports Group or whatever bought all those up, and that's why they took it over from Fox Sports. Yep, bingo. So... We got the Rangers, the Reds, the Twins, and the Guardians are amongst teams. I believe the Diamondbacks also as well. Um, I think this is going to be a really good thing. We're starting to see this slowly but surely happening across other sports. I know the Suns uh, recently transitioned to be a streaming service as well. And I think the Clippers are also doing their own thing where it's like their own app. 
at this point where it's going to be a streaming service. And it's good. We need this. It's It didn't really affect us because we were still able to watch every Padre game regardless. But now going forward, it's like you can be in San Diego and use MLB TV that. One thing that kind of stood out um, about the article that was put out from USA Today talking about the new um, expansion is the league is saying that the Padres are able to increase their viewership from 1.13 or 1.13 million homes to 3.26, so almost tripling the amount of viewership they would have in the first place because there's no more blackouts. Cable deal or something? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and blackouts. Yeah. They're also so if you don't want to get MLB TV for it. Um, there are other options. You can still watch it through DirecTV, UVerse, Cox Spectrum, because through MLB TV through there. Um, yeah. Like, so if you, not MLB Network, but like MLB, how they have like individual games and stuff through there. Mm. But this is good. This is going to be great. I'm. Let's hope this isn't going to be the first one this year. And I can totally see this being like the project that like if this is successful, just watch. You're going to start seeing more and more teams moving to this model well the suns are doing this the 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 phoenix suns are doing this in the nba so they're completely they they're not doing about they have valley sports too and they their contract ended and they're not renewing it and what they're gonna do is they're gonna have an app called like the phoenix suns like television app and you download it and if you're out of market you can pay for it instead of paying for um mlb league pass something like that it's gonna be like less money and the suns are doing their broadcast completely in-house now and um yeah you could pay for it and you can watch on the app um or um and then in the local market everybody in the local market doesn't have access to it because they're going to do it on a on a, a local network like a broadcast network so like a cbs or a or a cw or a fucking abc or something like that. it's gonna it's not one of those but it's gonna be a local network like that so that at literally everybody can access it and if you're in this the phoenix area the app will like see where you're where you're like locating from on your phone and you can watch it for free on that app in the area so the only people who would have to pay for the subscription is like if i'm a phoenix suns fan living in la i only want to watch the suns which you could do that with with league pass now but i think it's going to be like a little bit cheaper they can do yeah but it's it's going to totally revolutionize all this stuff and the the other thing about it is I don't know how profitable it's going to be. I listened to a, a podcast about this. I don't know how profitable it's going to be because for them to do all that in house is going to cost them a lot of overhead to get it going, as opposed to where like Bally Sports already has that, so they're just paying like a rights fee. <clears throat> so we'll see. This might be a lot similar to like the streaming, like the great Netflix correction that they called about 2022. We'll see if teams start doing this. And if it's profitable, it'll be around for a long time. If it's not, then we might just be seeing, like, it might, there might be just going back to this. Like, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Like, as far as we know, it could capture a lot of casual fans. as people who wouldn't or, yeah. ordinarily watch a game or watching maybe lead to more actually. 1,000%. It would lead to them, you know, buying merchandise to Dude, going in, to in games. Dude, in the market, it's going to completely, that's what that's what the the Phoenix Sun owners are talking about. It. That's what all he cares about is is expanding our fan base in our local market that's the most important thing because like if you're an A's fan in the bay area right now but you don't want to pay for cable you can't watch the A's games you have to have a cable subscription which comes with the NBC sports package it's like i mean we could talk about this for like an entire podcast it's pretty it's pretty wild to be honest with you but um but yeah this is um the future 
and we'll see if it's here to stay. But these are the first teams who are going to be experimenting with it, and we'll find out if it's viable or not from these guys. And I'm glad you said the CW. Last thing, we'll move on here. Um, I don't know if you saw the news today. The CW actually landed um, inside the NFL. So inside the NFL is moving off of Paramount Plus to CW for the weekly. So like, yeah, dude, but, I think you're uh, onto something. The Brian Windstore with the two hands in the air, like something fishy is going on. It, it's a uh, well, Paramount owns part of the CW, so they're moving it. For, it's not like the CW bought it, but they're moving it to to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm inter- That's gonna be interesting too. We definitely don't have to get in that. That's gonna be interesting too, though, because uh, they curse on inside the NFL, so. Like when the mic the player, so I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, we can move on. Oh boy, the all um, all elite IL team. We have Chris Sell. We have oh, I saw a TikTok about it earlier. I can't remember the person, but anyways, Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom was announced that he is undergoing Tommy John surgery to repair a tear in his right ulnar collateral ligament. Uh, that's the procedure for Tommy John. He will be out for the rest of the year. And the expectation is he will not be back until 2024. Uh, this comes after his first season with the Texas Rangers, who are one of the best teams in baseball right now. Uh, his first season where he signed a five-year, $185 million deal. We're going to, you know, obviously this sucks. This is his second Tommy John. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, when healthy, is the best pitcher in baseball. There's no doubt about it. And now we're just getting to this point where, you know, it's sad. What do we What do? we do? Like, what is this guy's career over? Is he going to be able to come back and pitch at the level that he has been in the before? Um, what was your initial reaction to it all here into this again? My initial reaction, I heard it on the Dan. So I listen to the Dan Patrick show or watch it every single morning. Um, it's just, I, I love him. He's like the most professional person in sports radio and his show is really good and really funny. And he covers all the bases and covers the big stories every morning. But he talked about it yesterday when the news came out. And like the first thing he like did was play the sound of Jacob deGrom at a, like at a press conference after announcing the news and like, Oh my God, just hear it on his voice. He just sounds so like, depressed you know he like choked up it's just like i just feel bad for the dude man it's just like he can't catch a break like and this is a guy who's like such a a big competitor like the reason like i mean he he, he left for money don't get me wrong but like a, a, it, it felt like he left the mets because he just felt it just like wasn't you know he was there he was rotting there for years by himself it felt like i don't, I don't know i mean it just felt sad. Uh, it's it sucks, and it's it's what you, it just said. It, like you said, it's a second, right? It's a second Tommy John. I mean, that's just like not a lot of people bounce back from that. That being said, I think the last real pitcher that I can think of that had a second Tommy John was Brett Anderson. Um, and he came back pretty pretty okay. I mean, he wasn't quite the guy he was when he left but i mean medicine's come a long way man i mean you look look, the achilles injury in basketball used to be a killer for your career and look at clay thompson and look at kevin durant like they're completely fine you know so i don't know we'll see we'll see when he comes back 
he'll uh, I think they said he'll be around 36 and yeah that's the other depressing part and, but if you want to be you know optimist about it Justin Verlander came back from Tommy John when he was 38 and he won Cy Young so yeah. like the there is yeah. a path but it's it's not easy this is a guy we've barely seen on the field for the last few years because yeah. he couldn't stay healthy and also I forgot the other IL all IL team Steven Strasburg who was also in the news because they Dude. said like his career's probably over which is I think we knew that when he got hurt the year after they won the World Series, mm-hmm. though. Like, that injury, and it's that was two, three years ago. 2019. You know, like, and he still hasn't come back. I forgot. Like, when he when, when they when that name came up about that, like, his career's probably over, the news about his injury, I was like, oh, shit, that's right, Steven Strasburg. I forgot. What the fuck happened to that guy? Crazy, and the crazy thing about that is all three of those guys were, like, the big fucking deal when they came up in the system like you know like uh, yeah it, it was event it was event like it was event like viewing for nationals fans when steven strasberg came up that his like first year and like they weren't they weren't very good i remember them talking about on espn how their attendance went up um when on strasberg starts their attendance is like 75 percent higher it was like crazy, dude. Yeah, and he it's sad. He struck out like ten, or like in his first start, he, it was insane. Dude, okay, him, him, Scherzer, and and um, uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Corbin, single handedly, well, with a little bit of help of Giovanni or Giovanni of Juan Soto, they like sing. But I mean, really, no, really, Howie Kendrick really was the pitching staff. Really was the pitching staff. Like they didn't score a lot of runs. It was just like let's scrap them together when we can. They like single handedly won them that World Series. I'll always remember Howie Kendrick's home run, and he goes in the dugout and he yeah. does like thing the like changing the the gears yeah. celebration. Man, you know what? I, you got to feel awful for Nats fans. Strasburg's not going to pitch again. That whole team's been blown up. But I'll, I guarantee you ask any of them and they'll be like, it was worth it. All right, Chris. Last but not least, the uh, Barry Zito of the Big Three. Uh, we got some Miami's dude. Miami's is slowly turning into the sports hub of the world this week. You got the finals, which tonight didn't go well for them. We recorded that. Uh, I damn! I had one more thing I want to say about. Ah shit! I'm sorry. Keep no. Well, it's fine. Skip it. Ah. Um, the Heat are in the finals. They dropped Game Three tonight. Lionel Messi announced that he will be playing for Inter Miami. So he coming to the MLS. I don't know if you saw, but LAFC tickets for their game against them is now at least two thousand dollars. And they have the best hitter in the world, who uh, almost halfway through the season is batting four oh three. None other than Luis Arias. He is a second baseman for the Miami Marlins. If this name is not familiar to you, uh, he was an all-star last year with the Minnesota Twins. He is a hitting machine. He was traded to the Miami Marlins, a play-for-player trade for Pablo Lopez, who was also an all-star last year with the Marlins. Um, He's now in Minnesota. He is currently hitting 4 of 3. He collected two hits today to bring that average up. On top of that, the team is winning. They are in second in the NL East, winning five straight to be 34 and 28. 
The last player we saw this close to hitting over 400 uh, for 62 games into the season was Chipper Jones back in 2008, where he batted 421. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of time left, but do you embrace the significance of this? Is are you kind of just blowing it off? How are you feeling about it so far? I don't give a shit. It's two months in the season. Like, let's talk when it, when August comes around or something like that. It, I'm dead serious. Like, I mean, I get it. This is cool and it's a story to talk about. But I feel like we've had this a couple times the past couple of years where it's like, oh, my God, he's hitting close to 400. Can he do 400 at the end of the season? And it's like, all right. Chris, I just told you the last player to do this was Chipper Jones. Through this many games. Yeah, yeah. So I it's mean, been 15 I, I years. Have, uh, it's not a long time, but still. It's... Are you going to let me finish, or are you going to keep talking over no, me? No, you said a couple years. I'm like, a couple years isn't 15 years ago. Yeah. You're talking about this specific amount of games. Sure, yeah. But we're, we sound really uh, um, angry at each other. We're not actually angry at each other. It's just for listeners. Uh, no, you said through this this many games. Like, I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like we had this. We talked about this story with another player last year, like a month to a month and a half in the season. That's all I'm saying. It was Stephen Kwan had like the most for like the most hits for a rookie in fifteen, or he had like a like a fifteen consecutive hit streak to start the season or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, but I it just dude. I, anyway, we'll see it. We'll we'll see. Remember when we were talking about Brent Rooker a a, a, a month ago and how he was like the greatest player in the history of baseball? And then let's look at his stats now. You, you mean know, like it's just baseball is a game of baseball is a game of 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 like streaks like the only person you know there's a rare few in the history of this game who aren't streaky players and it's like every day you know what you're getting from them so i i just can't lose my mind over this quite yet but it's pretty cool yeah and i guarantee if this was happening for sure if this was a yankee or a dodger or a Cub or a Met. Oh, it'd be huge. It, we, we would hear this at the top of every sports center. There'd be the quest for 400 at the top of every show. If this is the case in a month, it's a bigger story. Because the problem with now is the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup are going on. And then U.S. Open is next weekend for golf. You know, like, there's just too many other sporting events to distract from it. Like, when I listen to the Dan Patrick show, like... Today, I would say 75 to 80% of it was NBA Finals talk. You know what I mean? And then, actually not even that. I would say it's it was like 60% NBA Finals talk, and then it was like 30% PGA and Live, Live Golf, like, you know, their contract, that big old thing that's happening. And then like 10% was like baseball and hockey. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's the time of year. That's what it is. When we get into the dog days of summer and that's the only sport going on, it's going to be a different story. All right, no, well, what's the dog days of summer? We're going to be talking about LeBron. <laughs> He'll always find a way, dude. They'll always find a way to talk about him. Alrighty, well, that's the big three. We're jumping into A's news. Um, well, Jesus Aguilar as an Oakland A's no longer. Um, he was put. He was DFA'd couple weeks back we updated the show doc he's officially been released and is now a free agent free to sign around baseball I'm not gonna lie i'm disappointed he i don't know i feel like it's best for the team though. it is it is but i'm saying like i'm not really disappointed in what the team did i'm more disappointed in he actually looked good in the first month and just yeah. completely 
completely fell off a cliff in May. But I think it's more about the development of Ryan Noda and trying to get him as many reps at first as possible because Ryan Noda is not the future first baseman of the A's, but he's a future role player of the A's. And so you need him to kind of develop before uh, Tyler Soderstrom comes up and takes all those reps at first base so that Noda is more of a finished product and he'll be ready to, you know, spot play when he you need him and be productive. And Ryan Noda's deserved it. He's got an insane on-base percentage. His batting average isn't quite up there, but the dude walks like it's nobody's business. So, Ryan, ooh, I got one for you. I got one for you. Right, Ryan right. Noda, heavy Mark rookie season Mark Hanna energy. Remember like Mark Hanna was playing like yep. third. He was playing first. Yep. He didn't, ooh, I love that. I love that you said yep. like he's pretty much. And then like, he developed into an everyday player. Like, oh. hmm. I feel like Mark Hanna is too good to be a Ryan Noda though. Well, I'm saying Hanna's first year. We didn't know. Like, what, 2015 yeah. was his okay, rookie year? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, it is a rookie, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, and he walks a lot, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think Aguilar's done? Do you think somebody's going to give him a chance? No, I think I think a contender will sign him as, like, a, a, a DH or something like that. Whoever signs him, this will be his fourth team in the last two years. Or the last... if. Two seasons, so 2022 mm. and then this year. So we'll see. I, we got a hope from him. He sounded like nothing but good in the clubhouse. Uh, he he has to DH, though. He was awful yeah. defensively at first, so that can happen again. <clears throat> well, uh, all right, Julio. Um, and, of course, next, uh, our boy from the Yachttown, from really Brentwood, but we claim him in Antioch, Paul Blackburn, <laughs> has made his return to the Oakland A's, he had his first start on May 29th, had pitched four innings, gave up four hits, one run, two walks, six Ks. Classic Paul E.B. stat line. It's good to have him back. And then the following start, uh, no, that's great. He went five innings. Yeah, this is, I, this is the part I forgot to update because we had the, we didn't record last yeah, week. Yeah, uh, yeah. He went five innings, uh, gave up seven hits, five earned runs, a home run, two walks, three strikeouts. That's uh, the story of the A's pitching staff this year, though, dude. Yeah, it's... For for the listeners, I texted Julio today because I was watching the game while I was working, and um, they were up 7-0, to zero, and I texted Julio. I was like, wow, A's have a seven-run lead. What uh, what do you think the likelihood is that they blow this? And we both said, like, made jokes about it would be likely. But they didn't, so it didn't matter. Yeah, um, and they, they won. Yeah. Two of three from but, Pittsburgh. Anyway, back to Paul. Um, I mean, he just needs to be productive enough to be a, to be a trade piece. Yes, that, and I think just stability. I think this rotation, like, look, we're not, we're not going to be winning a lot of games. We've accepted that fate, like the fifth day of the season. Um, but I think what would we, I think what this team needs, and I think what a lot of these rookie pitchers will need is just stability from the top of the rotation. You need your veterans to come in there. Show what you do, what to do. Um, Cap pitched a pretty good game yesterday. I know he had some location issues at some point, but he overall he pitched a pretty solid games. Just having guys like Cap and Blackburn just to come in and at least like, look, we're not expecting you to come in and pitch seven shutout innings to strike out ten. If you can go in there and pitch five innings, give up two runs and strike out four, good enough. Like let's be real with this expectation yeah. of this team. 
And plus, anytime we get to see Paulie punch outs go out there on the or on the mound, you always got to root for him. Especially like us, the local kid, we always got to root for him. I think a frustrating thing though is like even when the A's get good starts from their guys, like JP Sears had a good start yesterday, but just got no offensive help, and then the bullpen fucked it up. You know what I mean? It's like there's not even bright sides. Even when you get a good product out of these young, this young pitching staff, and you're like, all right, something to celebrate. It's like overshadowed with a downer of shitty offense and shitty, like, protecting his lead. You know? I, with Sears, I know he was struggling a little bit with command yesterday. I think he gave up like five, six. Actually, watched him multiple A's. But games he started this week. off so strong. Mm-hmm. JP's actually been pitching great lately. I saw you picked him up in, or did you pick him up in fantasy? Yeah, I yeah. picked him up yesterday because I because I don't know I just I don't I don't know I just needed a pitcher. I I do I'm getting my ass kicked in fantasy. I'm just like trying to play the. I'm I'm at the point where I got to play the waiver game. I'll use all five of my waiver moves every every week. Yeah. Anyway. But glad to see Paul, the stability. Here's why Paul Blackburn is going to be, I think a, a attractive trade piece at the deadline. So he's only 29, which. You think because he's been around for a while he'd be older, but he's not. He's only twenty nine. His contract is a mil- one point nine million dollars. Um, he's up for arbitration this year, but he's not a free agent until twenty twenty six. So if you are a, let's say like a borderline wild card team contender team, and you need like a solid third starter, just to kind of sit in the middle of your rotation. He's not the star of your rotation. He's not gonna like help win you a championship, but he's gonna help you like continue to be a contender, and he could be a core piece of your rotation for at least two more seasons to come, three more seasons to come. That's a pretty attractive. We're not gonna probably get much from him, but it's a pretty attractive guy to go after. And I could see him totally coming out of the pen for some teams that they just need the long, like if in the playoffs, if. I think Your starter shits the that, bed, though, and you dude. need a long reliever to come in. He like, was an all-star last year. Yeah, because you had to have an all-star. <laughs> yeah, sure. Which we'll talk about later. But it's somebody, yeah, I agree, though. Somebody will take the shot on him, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're successful because right now everybody's leaving Oakland and being way more successful, I guess, right? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. <sighs> uh, okay. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. We'll just. We don't have to go into this. Um. Unfortunately, Glenn Kuiper has been officially fired. This is not new news. It happened a couple weeks ago. Um. I think this. The writing was kind of on the wall. It's just um. Unprecedented situation. Unprecedented situation to judge off of. Um. So Vince has stepped in as that role as a TV guy, and then. Uh, Cow has stepped in as radio and he, they occasionally switch a lot like the Giants do with like, with, um, um, their three guys, but it looks like, uh, you know, they haven't made an official decision on who is going to replace Glenn full time. I think that Cow will be a part of the group, finish out the season and they'll, and they'll evaluate in the off season, which they'll probably just stick with him. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we've seen Roxy Bernstein has filled in in the past, but he's kind of got a good thing going with ESPN. So 
I don't know. I don't know. Also, I mean, we don't know. We don't. They don't know where they're going to be working. So if if I was a play-by-play broadcaster, I wouldn't take this job full time, um, coming from somewhere else because I wouldn't know where the fuck I'm going to be living in a few years. I think it's going to make the tra- if the Vegas move does happen. I think just this makes the transition easier because like Glenn, yeah. like the realistically, if they were going to move, Glenn wasn't going to move. Like he wasn't going to move with the team. Da- even like Dallas, I'm kind of skeptic on if he would go with the team. But he like, I, I, we, we've talked, sorry, go ahead. No, that was, but I was, I could see, uh, um, Brosco going over though. Or Drosco. Yeah. Brosco? Yeah. Dosco. Um, I, I I texted you about this. I firmly believe that. Look, all all, all three of the four Giants guys are in their late seventies and probably going to retire anytime soon. I mean, Kruko has been better, but his health has been bad for years. And the fill-in guys that they have, at least for color commentating, are pretty piss poor. Um, in my opinion, I think Sean Estes is the best and he's not great. He's a better studio guy. Um, I firmly believe that those jobs will go to, if not all the A's guys, most of them. And I would include Glenn Kuyper in that situation. That'll be a couple years from now. So his record might be a little bit more clean and same with Dallas. I mean, Dallas is a moving. He's probably, he, I mean, he's better than anybody that the giants have now. I would assume that he takes that job. So. Oh, I like that. I'd be okay with Dallas going to the I, Giants. I, I I strongly predict that Dallas would will be the next Giants um, color TV color commentator. Chris Adamas. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna talk about the All Stars All Star Game. Kind of. Yeah. Right back. Play some Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Oh yeah, good one. Oh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Somebody once tell me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Don't sing the whole thing because we. She was. We might get sued. Hey, guess what, everybody? Remember, we get paid for this now, so we can't just do things. That's true. Hey, everybody, we're back from the break, and it is that time of the year. That's right. It's All Star time. All Star game is coming up in July in Seattle this year. And uh, the A's are going to need somebody to represent the team. So this segment is going to be dedicated to who we think will be the representation for the Oakland A's at this year's All-Star Game. Do you like that every team gets a representative, or does that seem outdated to you? You know, if you were to ask me before I went to the All-Star Game last year, 
I would have said no. But watching Paul Blackburn pitch for the American League at the All for at Dodger Stadium last year was like one of my highlights of like baseball watching just because I was like legit one of the only ace fans I saw at the stadium. And people were booing me because I was doing Let's Go Oakland chants. And I was like, this is all we've got. Like, let us have this. <laughs> like, people were See, laughing. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, I mean, the NBA and the um, NFL All-Star Games fucking suck. Don't get me wrong. But a big reason, like, in my childhood and in, like, my early teens, why I didn't watch them is because I couldn't watch for one of, to see when one of my players was going to play every game, especially with the Raiders and Warriors, who, like, never had an All-Star until – who was our first All-Star in a long time? It was David, David Lee. 20, 2012? Yeah. <clears throat> so it was just like, what the fuck am I watching this for? Whereas, like, baseball, I could always tune in and see when Ryan Cook was going to get in the game or see – when Justin Dukesher, Justin Dukesher. Oh yeah, that was a good bet callback. Or when fucking um, or to watch uh Dan Dan Heron start the All Star game for the um for the American League. So I'm all about it, but I forgot about that. He started. Was that 2006? Yeah, that 2005? and that was that was 2007 when it was in um San Francisco. That's right. Mm-hmm. Man, now i got to look that up. Um, yeah. So here we are. It's going to be in Seattle this season. Uh, we're going to be talking about potential guys. So first things, first player uh, we're going to be listing off. We're going to be going through three different guys. We're going to talk a little bit about them and whether we think this person should be the starting nod for the A's. First up, we talked about him earlier, Mr. Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda is a rookie. We got him from the Dodgers for a Rule 5 draft pick. And uh, like Chris said, his batting average hasn't been there, but he actually leads all of the American League rookies in on-base percentage at 408. So he he's, gets on base. And another factor we kind of have to determine with all these char- well, with all these characters, all these players is, uh, is the competition heavy enough at their position where they would get kind of pushed to the side? Um, and then just all the other metrics. So, Ryan Noda, right off the bat, how are you feeling about him potentially getting an all-star nod? If it's Ryan Noda, it's sad. Praise fans. I Look, I spent the beginning of this podcast hyping him up, and I believe everything that I said, but all-star, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It He's been an awesome story this year. It's been great to kind of see what he's done in the last month and he's really kind of turned it on to become like really the everyday first baseman hitting in the two hole for the team. But let's be real. He's, he's, he's not going to be there. Um, no. If you want to look at the other first baseman comparison in the American league right now, Nathaniel Lowe with the Rangers has been awesome. He'll probably get the starting nod. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero, as a perennial first base all-star at this point. And he just, and just his name gets some votes. Yeah, exactly. And then Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo would, was more than likely going to get a nod there. Yep. Uh, he, so Remember how the Schlatters used to bitch about him so much. They will find a way to bitch about any player that isn't Giancarlo San or Aaron judge. Yeah. But, um, hell if Ryan Noda, if this is a start of what his career is as an Oakland, a, then who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see one in the future, but I think we are both in the agreement that 
this is not the year for Mr. Noda to be the no. health, the first baseman. No. Up next, another uh, sensation for the team who's done a lot of fun things, uh, Brent Rooker. Brent Rooker, we claimed from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, on the season so far, uh, his batting average did slump a lot. Uh, he was hitting over 300, looking like one of the better hitters in baseball. Fell down to earth a little bit, but he's still doing pretty solid. 12 home runs, uh, 261 batting average with 34 RBI, scoring 27 runs. And his on-base percentage is 364, slugging percentage of 505, OPS of 869. If he were to get the nod, he would be playing in the outfield or potentially DH. Uh, Chris, how are you feeling? I think he's probably the most likely just based on the stats. Um based on the competition at the position that's a little that's pretty tough i don't know if they can make room for that so i'm gonna say he's probably not gonna be it um but if you're looking strictly at the numbers then it should be him because he's leading the team in pretty much every category um if you're looking at body of work because you know for example let's say someone has a better batting average they haven't has many at bats so it doesn't really matter um so, I don't think he'll he will be it, but I think that he has statistic wise he does have make the most sense. I think he will. Yeah, I agree. I think he will be the person that'll probably get the nod, but I personally don't think he should be one representing the A's. I think he'll be the one that'll get picked because I think it's a lot more of an entertaining story. I think him think doing so? the whole. Um, outfield though man i don't know bro. yeah well the outfield is outfield in american league's pretty stacked uh aaron judge yeah, that's obviously jordan alvarez um mashitake yoshida um has been playing great with boston randy rosarena adolis garcia cedric mullins and you can't have an all-star game without mike, mike trout yeah mike trout will find a way there um josh Lowe, the Rays. there's been a lot of great outfielders so far on the team yeah. and um yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I think whoever will rep the A's will probably have to come from the outfield because realistically, those are the best and most deserving options. Like, let's Shintaro Fujinami is not going to be coming out of the bullpen, right? Like, I mean, if they really want to, they'll find like Trevor May. Here's a All Star nod, but we think realistically, it should be somebody from the outfield. Because, in my personal opinion, the person I think who should be getting an all-star nod for the team is none other than our boy, John Fisher's favorite, John Fish, sorry, Estoray Ruiz. Estoray Ruiz, current, uh, right now, he is, has a 260 average, one home run, 26 run scores, 25 RBIs, and a whopping 29 stolen bases. His on-base percentage is at 321. Slugging is 337 and OPS is 658. My biggest argument for why I think he should be is one basis. This basis. We love the basis, baby. Steals are back. The steel steals are hot now. And um, I think nothing is <laughs> nothing is more exciting in baseball right now than steals because it's like i said it's the hot thing and right now he currently he currently leads all of baseball with 29 steals and there's you, no you got to think about it this way man if you're fox and you're and you're joe davis you're fox and you're producer and you're 
you're feeding during the game. You could feed to Joe Davis. You can feed to to um, um, John uh, John Smoltz. Just murdered in his ear to talk about. Isn't it so great that the leader of stolen bases in Major League Baseball is an Oakland A's player? Let's talk about Ricky. You know, it's it's literally. I think that's what's going to get it is the storyline that they can do that. They can they can correlate Ricky Henderson with Ruiz, and that'll be a storyline for for the media to talk about in terms of this specific All Star selection. That's the only. I mean, yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah, and let's be real, like the All-Star games are relatively boring most of the time. And I think if Dusty Baker just had Esther Ruiz come into the seventh inning being like, you're going to still second and third right now. Like, just go, kind of thing. It'll definitely get people watching. It'll get people talking. And I think if the team, if baseball wants to sell a product of selling like, hey, look how exciting this has become, he's the guy to get there. So... Yeah, John, you know who who he looks like stealing second and third? Ricky Henderson. The greatest the greatest man who ever wear that athletics jersey or whatever. You know, it's just it's Now let's go I, watch these highlights, man. Ricky used to give me such a hard time. I just, you exactly. know, I would throw him the kitchen sink and he'd find a way to still get yeah. two bases on me. But um plot twist, I don't think that any of the people you named are going to be the all-star. Oh. Yeah. Who do you think? Because of the competition at the at the position. I just I I the stolen bases thing is a good story and I didn't fully think about that. So I I guess that um sorry, I got distracted. Uh the stolen bases thing um uh Uh, is a good story, which I, I guess that makes sense why uh, it it would it could be him and why they could push for that. Um, but based on the competition at the position, and I'm looking at some of the stats about the people of the people around him that could be um, competing against him. Um, I think it could be Shea Langleyers. Uh, well, okay, our American League catchers. It's not much com- competition there. Let's see. Like, I, like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just want to see who potential other options could be. Um, yeah, I feel like all the best uh, catchers right now are in the National League. Uh, Adley Rutschman will be starting. Mm. It's <laughs> The two catchers will probably it, be Adley Rutschman and it's... Jonah Heim. It's it's depressing to look at some of the other, like the best, probably the best hitter in baseball is the former catcher of the Oakland A's. Which one? And then prop uh, Sean Murphy, and then uh, his uh, catching partner last season, Christian Betancourt, is uh, probably the best hitting catcher in the American league. Um, so as I say that it's tough, but I don't know. I mean, he's got eight home runs. Who knows what could happen in the next couple months? 
yeah we'll see it's you're right maybe that was a hot take it, it, it's yeah it, i know i would love it that'd be cool but i think realistically it's, Ru- it's ruiz because of stolen bases it's ruiz because of stolen bases. i mean i've seen line. like sports center like like clips or like of graphics about him so like it, yeah. people know who he is and i think putting him on that big of a stage is gonna be really cool and you're I, chris we need to find a way to watch the all-star game together because if we watch it together at a bar and they immediately bring up Ricky Henderson when they're talking about him, I will buy you a pitcher at that spot. Because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I think you can, I think you nailed it. They're going to be like, oh, he looks a lot like him. And then be like, Ricky always gets to get me, you know that. <laughs> hey, John Smoltz, he's so annoying now. If Dude, yeah, I him and Joe Davis. I'm not. I'm not. I like Joe Davis, but Smoltz is just. He just sounds. Joe Davis is. He just kind of bores me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Smoltz is just so like get off my lawn, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here is the schedule for the coming week, and then the past week uh, they were swept by the Miami Marlins, um, but they won two out of three against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, very convincing wins as well. So that's pretty nice. Um, this coming week, Monday or uh, Friday through Sunday, they'll be playing their last uh, road series before they head home against the Milwaukee Brewers. And then Monday through Wednesday, they'll be going against the Tampa Bay Rays, where they will be having the reverse boycott game uh, a week from Tuesday on June 13th. Uh, us, unfortunately, we can't make it to that game. You know, we have, we're stuck down here. But, uh, Everybody who is going, be loud, be proud, show what. Oh, shout out um, Tyler Mack. Tyler McAvena is going. Tyler Mack, yeah. Xavier is going too. Yeah. Xavier Bejarano. Yeah, and uh, my parents are going too. So On a Tuesday a night. Look at that. Yeah, they just want, they want to be. They're retired, bro. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in general for all do. these people who know who are going. Like, it's a Tuesday night. Oh, it's not yeah, an easy yeah. thing to like, make your way no, to college. I mean. I mean, they all live in the Bay Area. Xavier lives there. Tyler lives in Sacramento. I don't know. Now, Chris, you are have a longtime nemesis, or not really a long time, more like a, a year and a half of nemesis with the Oakland concession stands. Yeah. Will, will they? Will this be the game that breaks them? Um. Probably. Yeah. Do you think we're know. just going to see some really wild shit? Like, we saw, you know, the A's went viral because we saw that fan that ran on the field and security just did nothing about it. Do you think we're just going to see, like, multiple occurrences of this? We're just going to see some real buck wild shit tonight? Because I'm low-key hoping for it. No, I I just think that they're going to be really loud and they're going to be yelling, fuck John Fisher, and you're going to hear on the broadcast. And I I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a full house. And, look, I haven't watched the A's on my main television for listeners. I have three TVs on my wall. I mute two of them and I put like the main thing I want to watch on the main one. Cause I'm just a sports psycho. Um, I haven't put the A's on the main TV all season. I'll be honest with you, unless I'm working and it's a day game. Um, but I will be watching that whole game. Like, cause I just want to see how it pans out. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't think we'll see that craziest shit. I think we'll just see like very aggressive signs. A lot of the green cell t-shirts. I was listening to, listening to um, the Ricky podcast with um, Alex and Hal the other day, and they were talking about it with um, Jason. Jason went on Jason Burke of Locked On A's and uh, Sports Illustrated, and Hal was partnered with Oaklandish and the 68s to make the cell t-shirts. 
And he said that Oaklanders had to like order a shit ton more because they're like selling like crazy. So going to see a lot of those shirts um, at the game. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, we'll see. We'll see. And also another quick shout out. I saw this on uh, the A's Reddit. They were at a at the Rays game earlier today. The Rays, uh, I don't know who they played, but they're playing in Tampa. And there was somebody in right field with a um, Sal Fisher sign in Tampa, dude. Like, wow. you know, uh, right? we're actually recording this while the middle of the uh, emergency, like, state legislation thing was happening. So, like, I'm also doing, like, Twitter updates on the side, seeing what's going on, by the way. Oh, it's 10 p.m.? I thought it was 10 a.m. No, it's it happened at... 7 p.m. or it started at 6 p.m. So straight up, it's a mess. It like I'm starting to feel a little bit more optimistic, a little bit more because like these they're getting dog walked by these legislatures. Like of course the people who are like, oh I'm gonna vote yes, like you can tell they're just like they were paid out Dude, and they don't care. But like they're getting dog walked in front of all these like government I, officials. I really. I really think that Mark Davis and like his group like probably intimidated some of these people. That the form they maybe ha- not intimidated, but maybe they're like, "Hey, look, you owe me," type of thing. You know, there's got to be some backdoor deal because why would why would they be so passive aggressive about it? Is passive aggressive is probably the best word to describe it, right? Because they're not like really approaching it in public much either. Yeah, it's 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 kind of more media groups that are pushing. I think it's also too that like in in Vegas in Nevada, and I think also too, um, you know, after twenty twenty, people are tired of the shit. We don't want to give you pay for your shit. We have so many other problems. I think people are becoming a lot more educated and more like knowledgeable about it. So like, let's hope. Yeah, and um, Steve Bierman went on um. Dan Patrick, I'm talking a lot about Dan Patrick today, but he went on there and talked about it last week, and um, he said that he had talked to some people, um, like residents in Vegas, and Vegas residents kind of know that they're getting an NBA expansion team, and they would rather push for that than a baseball team. Like they 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 pref- they want they would they they would rather get that they would rather get the the basketball team than the baseball team so they're kind of like and they're kind of like we don't want your like broken toy oakland and kind of like we we want our own type of thing and they've said that they've said that like yeah what makes you think that you're going to make this be a successful franchise where like even when this team is successful you're struggling to fill the seats I think in, even the survey that they asked, it was like, would, "How do you would you feel? Would you like want the A's to to move to Oakland?" And it was like percentage was like forty six percent they wanted the A's, and then like the rest was like no. And then they asked him like, "Would you want a baseball team?" And it was like overwhelmingly yes, but it just like wasn't the A's, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. Next week uh, when we record, we'll, we're definitely going to be. Dime yeah, a little bit more until we'll have a little bit more knowledge. It's kind of hard to really talk about it live. But what we can talk about is our players of the week from let's not go two weeks. Let's say let's just go in the last week. Um I'm okay. go I'll go ahead and lead this off because you know a lot of people are kind of giving a lot of shit, rightfully so, but he really went bonkers. Jace Peterson. 
in the last weeks, batting 438. Uh, he went seven for 16, uh, two home runs, five RBIs, a steal, uh, two walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, what was a crazy thing was yesterday he had, he went five for five with five RBIs and two home runs. Um, keep doing this so you can look appealing to trade because uh, let's, I think his days are his days are numbered as an age player because realistically we're going to be calling up more guys that golf will be coming up at some point and you'll be more likely taking his position at third or at in the outfield or wherever it's going to be. But for the time being, Jace Peterson. Uh, you've been awesome. You really tore it up for the age. You look great. You are my player of the week. Chris, I hope I was able to procrastinate enough for you to find your player who you got. Yeah, real quick on Jace Peterson. I feel like he got a bad rep for those comments that he made on um, the – what's that show called? Ken Rosenthal Show. That he, when he went on that the pod, yeah, he had a he was on a podcast. Like, oh, Vegas baseball would be awesome. So one, like A's Nation, like get off his fucking back. He has no, he doesn't owe any loyalty to this team. He just showed up a fucking few months ago. He doesn't know anything about it. His experience has been negative the entire time because he's got a shit owner. No one's showing up to the games. You know, like uh, you can't, you can't, you can't hate on him for like not, you know, for saying what he said. Also. If you, like, listen to the full clip, like, A.J. Pruszynski, who is one of the hosts of the show, kind of veered him towards that answer. He literally asked him, he's like, he's like, yeah, but, I mean, being, uh, wouldn't you want to go to Vegas? Vegas is awesome. You wouldn't like that? It's like when you, when someone asks you a question that way, they're, they're kind of forcing you to, like, agree with them. So he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, it would be cool. And that's really all I said. He's like, yeah, you know, that'd be dope. Give the guy a fucking break. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Like, we're just being trolls at that point. All right. I'm moving on. <laughs> He, I mean, he had two home runs in one game. That was pretty cool. Uh, mine's gonna go to Ryan Noda. He's um, actually bumped his average went from like two twenty to like two. It's almost two fifty now. I want to say it's like two forty forty five or something like that. So I want to give him some some love on that. So he's brought up his average. He's still hitting. He's still getting walks. Still being productive in that number two hole, and he's playing good defense. So his value again, his value in the future will not be as our everyday first baseman. It will be as a solid, reliable role player off the bench. A Chad Pinder, a I'm trying to think of relative recent Tony Kemp players. Tony Kemp, better than Tony Kemp, though I think. Um, you know, guys like that. Yeah, and and honestly, we'll take it. This team is based off of a lot of these role players who become everyday players. Alrighty, Central Tailgates for the week of oh god, what week? What week was that? For the week of May eighteenth, we don't have to recap yeah. it. We don't I'll do. Oh, we'll it run through so it quick. I picked Ramon Liriano. He went. He batted one seventy five, one home run, five RBIs, one steal, four walks, and he struck out fifteen times. You picked Kyle yes. Muller. Kyle Muller got lit up for six runs in five innings, and he was sent down to Triple A no. Las Vegas. Yeah. So we probably won't be. So we both picked bad. Yeah, we both did it bad. Uh, Chris, who you got this week for the reverse boycott game? James Caprillion had a really good game, pitched a really good game yesterday. Um, He only gave up four hits, gave up two runs, but, um, you know, the A's blew him out with 11 runs, so that was pretty cool. Um, But he he pitched a pretty good game. It was his first win of the season. Um, I'd like to see him bounce back and put another one together, so I'm going to put James Caprillion. 
He had no strikeouts, though. That's kind of weird for a two-run win. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of it. I mean, he's never really been a huge strikeout guy, but it was kind of no, interesting. But normally, not get you get anything. like at least four. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, I'm going to be a little unconventional. I'm going to look in the bullpen. I'm going to go Trevor May. Uh, Trevor May, I, uh, he was pitching. Excuse me. He pitched in the late innings uh, yesterday, a couple days ago. And it was kind of interesting just to kind of see him get this leverage. I you know he was out for some time on the IL dealing with anxiety. And, you know, he's back and he's pitching again. So I'd like to see if we can get him into more, um, you know, game-winning situations. Because that's kind of what they brought mm. him in for. So Trevor May, let's do it. Um, okay, Julio. Uh, sorry, let me pull the schedule back up. I just had it for a second and I lost it. Um, the upcoming series is coming Already talked about week. it. Yeah, I said the the Brewers and the Rays for the boycott game. Oh, sweet. We're done. Good job. That's it, man. I zoned out. It was probably when I was looking up for um, Central Tailgate Tool of the Week. Chris gets back to work and just... Dude, it's been crazy. I've been slammed all day, every day. But it's great. I love it. I got a new job. It's pretty fun um, for another prominent uh, athlete. Um, all right. That'll do it for this episode of the Town Tailgate Podcast. Follow us at Town Tailgate. Um, be safe next week. Um, have fun. Um, warm up your voice because you're gonna be ready to yell "fuck John Fisher" all game. And what? Quick shout out uh, to I don't know if you saw this. I know you were out this weekend at a wedding. A uh, quick yeah. shout out to if you haven't heard this brewery, they are called White a uh, Wild Parrot Brewing. They're located down Wild here. Parrot? Back. Parrot. Wild Parrot. Uh, they're actually about 15, 20 minutes away from me in Pasadena. Uh, they recently had a fundraiser or a donate a donation. I don't know what to call it. But anyways, the owner of the brewery is a giant A's fan. And mm-hmm. on Sunday, $1 of every beer went to um, the Oakland Community Fund, I believe, to help with like potential nice. keep of the team in Oakland. And oh, yeah, dude. They were able to um, – let me see how much money they were able to like put together. Uh, they sold 116 pints, which was uh, they were able to buy 24 sell shirts and then donated to the people who wanted them. Fuck yeah, bro. So uh, if you're in the Southern What's California up? area, make sure you go hit up Wild Parrot Brewery. Uh, I went over there and I was out of town. I was I forgot what I was doing something. I couldn't make it. Um, went there like last month. Pretty solid. Solid place. Now I Wild love it even Parrot more. Brewing. Do you know? And do you know? be like a, a hub for like. A's fans to go watch games down here in SoCal. You know what? I think that would be the eventual, like, because the brewery is only like less than a year old. I think that's the, I hope that's the eventual goal. I'd love yeah. to go there for a playoff game or something. Um, but it's great to see the support even from people in Southern California. And uh, if you don't know why it's called Wild Parrot, Pasadena has a shit ton of wild parrots. Yeah. So it's like um, North Shore in, um, in uh, San Francisco um conquistadors brought parrots over from south america and they inhabited there and they like created their own wild um uh inhabitants whatever so north shore in san francisco and then pasadena that's where the the green parrots live it's kind of crazy story um but yeah they we we need a new hub because san francisco saloon in santa monica used to be the bay area sports bar that place didn't make it out of fucking pandemic so la needs another bay area sports bar for fans to fucking watch games at all right that'll do it 
Um, ha- yeah, have fun next week and can't wait. We'll talk to you. We'll see. We'll, we'll recap it on next week's spot. Um, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Sell the team. <laughs> <laughs>